0: Tonight a Christmas worship, and today I want to speak a little bit about that worship, because worship is all about the heart. Can I get an amen today? It's about the heart. A Christmas Carol, and Pross being a ghost story of Christmas, was one written by Charles Dickens. It's commonly just referred to as a Christmas Carol. It was first published in London by Chapman and Hall in 1843. In it, Dickens recounts the story of Ebenezer Scrooge, an elderly miser who was visited by the ghost of his former business partner, Jacob Marley, and the spirits of Christmas past, present, and future. After their visit, Scrooge is transformed into a kinder, gentler man. We know the story, don't we? It's one of the classics. It's one of my favorite personal Christmas Stories. It's celebrated as one of the few that are remembered by many. It is one of the most popular and well-known Christmas stories, The Christmas Carol. But just under 30 years later, there was a poem with that same title, a Christmas Carol. It was published in January 1872 in the issue of American literacy a periodical Scribers Monthly is where it was published. The poem was written by an English writer named Christina Rossetti. And in her time, Rossetti, she would become one of the greatest poets in the English, uh, in the English world, in the English country. In overseas. Many of her stories uh, were narratives drawn from the Bible or from folk tales and lives of saints. And you may not recognize her name. You may not recognize her as a person, but you may recognize some of her work. And one of those works I want to read today, and I want to, really, it's a lot of the inspiration for this message. And it is that Christmas carol. That she wrote. And I won't read the whole thing, but I want to read that last stanza that you may recognize. This is what it says What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet, what I can give, I can give him my heart. My heart. My heart. That's what Jesus is looking for. So today I want to talk about that gift, the gift of the heart. Can I get an amen today? It is that which He is looking for in every single one of us the heart. Worship, as I said, is all about the heart. When you and I decide to humble ourselves and give ourselves over to the one. Who made us and created us and keeps and sustains us? It was wise men of the East, the Magi, who came looking for Jesus in the Christmas story. In Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1, it says this that when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the East to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? "'For we have seen his star in the east, "'and we are come to worship him. "'When Herod the king had heard these things, "'he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. "'And when he had gathered all the chief priests "'and scribes of the people together, "'he demanded of them where Christ should be born.' And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. And then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring the word again that I may come and worship him also. And when he had heard, when they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in this east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come in to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. And this is what they did. They fell down and they began to worship him they fell down and saw the king the one who was greater than the one who was more powerful than yes he was just a baby lying in a manger but what they saw was not just a baby in a manger it was not just a random child born in Bethlehem they saw the king of kings the lord of lords lying in that manger and they worshiped him It says that they began to open their treasures and they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and Myrrh. These wise men, what was happening that night? What was happening in a town called Bethlehem, in a stable, in a cave, or in a house, wherever it may be, whenever it may have been, what was happening was that there were wise men. We don't know how many. We see the nativity, and we see three, but we really don't know how many there were. We don't, we don't know that, but what we do know is that there were wise men who, who preserved. Presented something to Jesus. Yes, they presented gold, frankincense, myrrh. Yes, they did that. But more than that, what they presented was the greatest gift you could ever give. They gave him their hearts that day. They provided their heart. It was the greatest gift they could give. And worship, as I said, is all about the heart. And the wise men offered their heart to him. Both the Old Testament and New Testament say it more than once, that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. It's with the heart. It's the instruction it's the instruction that saves us and it keeps us. It's the instruction that uh, Deuteronomy says we should teach to our children and we should write above the doorpost in our home. It's the word that in our home we recite every single night that there is one Lord and that we should love that Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our might. That we should love him with the wholeness and the fullness of who we are as a person. and other in other words, we are not to be half-heartedly in love with Jesus Christ. We are not to be half-heartedly in love with him and half-heartedly in love with the world. We should not be half-heartedly in love with the scripture and half-heartedly in love with the literature of our age, but rather you and I, being people bought by the blood of the Lamb, should be fully invested in our love for Jesus Christ. We should have a heart after God. You could say that Christianity, in fact, is wrapped up in that one single word. If there was one word that could sum up Christianity in its fullness, it would be that one word of love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And never get this backwards. Never get this mixed up. While we are to love God and we are instructed to love God, we never love God without him first loving us. God loves you. Before I ever loved God, God loved me. Before you ever loved God, God loved you. You say, but you don't know who I was. You don't know who I've been. Yes, I I don't know that. No, we don't know the details. Some we do, some we don't. But what I can guarantee is that no matter how messed up you are, no matter how messed up your past is, there was still a God who loved you in spite of where you came from, in spite of who you were, in spite of even who you are today. There is a God who first loves us he loves you he loves us we do not earn his love with good character We do not earn his love with our faithfulness. Yes, without faith, it is impossible to please him, but, but don't get this misunderstood. Your faithfulness does not earn his love. Your devotion, while he loves that, while he loves sitting down and having a conversation with you, yes, he loves your devotion, but your devotion cannot earn his love. His love that he bestows on each and every one of us cannot be earned. Yet God still showers us. He still showers us with his love which is unmeasurable. That love which is undeniable. There is a love that is being showered in this room. There is a love that is being showered in this community. And it is the one true love of God. Can I have someone in the room thank him for that love today? You'll never be good enough You'll never be smart enough. You'll never be well-educated enough. You'll never have it all together enough to earn his love. You can't do it. You can't do it. No matter how you are, though, you are still loved. You are loved by God. It doesn't matter the decisions you've made. It doesn't matter the relationships that you have been in. It does not matter what you do with your life. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, you are still loved. On this Christmas season, when people are searching for love, searching for home, searching for something special, I'm here to remind you that you are loved by God. God commendeth, Romans 5, 8 says, or demonstrated his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, just as I am, Charlotte Elliott wrote, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, just as I am thou wilt receive, will welcome, will pardon, cleanse, and relieve. Just the way you are. Yes, yes, I'm saying that. Just the way you are, God loves you. Just the way you are. Just the way that you came into this place today, God sees you, and he knows all about you. He knows your past. He knows your mistakes. He knows your hangups. He knows that which no other person knows, and He still loves you so much. I'm thankful the fact that Jesus saw me and he loved me, that he continues to see me and he continues to love me. I'm thankful for that love. Is anyone else thankful this Sunday morning? It's the overarching story of the Bible that Jesus loves us. And it's why he came. It's why he left heaven's throne. And he came to a throne in a manger, he came to a stable, and he humbled himself and robed himself in flesh and, and came and dwelt amongst us. Yes, he felt pain on this earth, yes, he felt he felt all the things that we feel. he felt the cuts in his arm, he felt the, the abandonment of a friend, I'm sure, and the abandonment of of those he cared for. he felt. All of the things that we feel. He felt all of the pain, the loneliness, the depression, the things that we feel. He felt it all, yet he did it without sinning. He did it all for you and for I. He did it all. He took the nails in his hands and wore the crown of thorns on his head. And took the 39 stripes on his back. He did it all for you because he loves you. Don't ever... Forget that God loves you. Don't ever forget that you are loved by the king of kings. It is why he came. If there was only one word to describe Christianity, it would be love. If there was only one message that I could preach. If I had one time, one service, one moment in time to preach a message of God, it would be this. It would be to love because you are loved. It would be to love God with all of your heart because the heart is at the crux of the matter. We can be fooled and we can fool people with our speech. We can fool and we can be fooled by people because of how they dress. And we can fool people and we can be fooled by behavior because this is why man looks on the outward appearance but the Lord looks on the hearts. First Samuel 16 and 7 says that, that while you and I are captivated by the exterior, Jesus is captivated by what is happening on the inside of you and I. The heart is the face behind the mask. The heart is the hand behind the glove. Others see what's on the outside, but there is a God who says this in Jeremiah 17 and 10. I, the Lord, I search the heart. I try the reins. I look deep down inside of my creation and I'm looking for something. I'm looking to possess something. It is is not the talent and the intellect of my creation. No, no, no. I am looking for the heart's. That's what he's looking for. That is his Christmas list today. His list is your hearts. He wants possession of your hearts. The heart represents the inner life of a person, the thoughts, the feelings, the will, the desire. It is that which, which strengthens us. It is that which keeps us going. It is that which gives us our purpose. I want to ask you, Today, where is your heart? Where is your heart today? Where is your affection? How do you live your life? Because how you live your life tells the story of what's in your heart. How you spend your time, your talent, your treasure, it tells the story. Of your heart for where your treasure is, there where your heart be also. Where is your heart? Is your heart fixated on God? Is your heart consumed? With Jesus Christ on this Sunday morning and this Christmas season, is your heart fixated on all the distracting things of this world? Or is your heart captivated by the king in the manger? Where is your hearts? I believe God is looking for some people that are captivated by him. People that love him with all of their heart. People that are captivated by the love of Jesus Christ and they can't get enough of him. They can't get enough of them in their home or in their calendar or in their study. They can't get enough of them of him in times of prayer, in times of living their life. I think God is looking for some people who once again begin to be captivated by Jesus Christ once again again. Someone who one day was captivated by him, but took their eyes off the Christ and put their eyes on the world. God is looking for you to return your eyes back to him. So He's looking for someone who has left their first love. Someone who has left that love. He's looking for someone who is willing to recognize where they have fallen and repent and get back up again and say, God, I love you with all of my heart. God, I want You with all of my life. Jesus, I give my heart back to you. God is looking for someone, as David said in Psalm 27, 8, when thou sayest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord thy face, Lord, will I seek. Psalm 42 and one, as the heart or the deer panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. I'm searching for you. I'm desperate and thirsty and hungry. I'm longing for you, O God, who has a heart that is longing for him in this house. Who has a heart who is thirsty after that water brook? Who is thirsty for a little more of him, a little more of him in their hearts. Jeremiah 29 and 13, he said, ye shall seek me and ye shall find me when you shall search for me with all, someone say all, all your heart. He's not looking for a half-hearted desire in the place. He's not looking for someone who is lukewarm, who, who has the, the faucet turned on hot and the f- faucet turned on cold. He's looking for someone who is sold out to him. He's not, looking, he's not looking for a bride who has their eyes on another groom. He's not looking for a church who only has a little bit of space and time for him. We live in a culture who is satisfied with sharing, with sharing their heart with Jesus, sharing their life with him. But not being consumed with him. He's not looking for a bride who has their attention on someone or something else he is looking for a church who is completely devoted to him whose heart is fixated on him he's looking for a bride he, he doesn't require us to be beautiful he doesn't require us to have it all together he doesn't require us to to earn the spot necessarily all he's looking for is a bride that has all of his heart a bride who is fixated on him that loves him with all of their heart. Once again, let me ask the question. Where today is your heart? Where is your heart? And I'm here to remind you that God is not far from any one of us. If you desire him. If you long for him and seek after him. You will find him. Yes. You will find him with your whole heart. The wise men in Matthew 2 were searching for the king of the Jews. He said, When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east. And this is what we're coming to do. We are coming to worship him. They weren't traveling to see the king and acknowledge his presence just to acknowledge him because they saw the star. No, no, no. They were not coming just to acknowledge that he exists. There's a lot that just come to acknowledge that he exists. No, they came with a desire to worship him. They came with a desire to give him their hearts. To give them, to give him, that king, the heart. Because worship, it's all about that heart. The wise men were looking for a king. A king to give their heart. First they went to Jerusalem, to the palace of King Herod. In the courts of the king. They got audience with him. Was he a king worth their heart? No. He wasn't a king worth their heart. He had the pomp, and he had the, everything of a king. He had a crown, and he had a palace, and he had an earthly throne. But the king they were looking for wasn't a king that was in a palace. He wasn't a king that had a crown of jewels. He was not an ordinary king. Rather, he was the one that Isaiah prophesied about, saying, He shall be called wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. He was the one that Gabriel spoke to Mary about saying that he shall be great and he shall be called the son of the highest. He was one that the angels spoke to Joseph about saying "Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. They weren't looking for any ordinary king. They weren't looking for Herod. They were looking for the king of kings. They were looking for the Lord of lords. They were looking for the one who deserves your heart. They were looking for the one who loves you with all of his heart. The one who loves you before you were even born. The one who created you and formed you in your mother's womb. The one who saw you in your sin and said, I still love him. The one who saw you right where you are today who sees you and loves you. That is my God. That is the king they were looking for. Wise men look for a king to give their hearts, And wise men and wise women in this room, I challenge you today to give him your heart. When they saw him, they bowed down and they worshiped. They worshipped him. They got down. <laughs> men of stature, men. We don't know lots about them, but possibly men of wealth. They were able to get an audience with the king. They knew how to get in the palace, but yet they saw a king in a manger. And it says they worshipped. That word literally is to lower oneself. It is to prostrate oneself, to to get down on your knees and on your hands and, and to make your head touch the ground. That's what it meant when it said that they fell down and they worshiped. In other words, they saw this baby in a manger and they recognized something. They recognized that he was not an ordinary king. They recognized that he was no ordinary savior, but this was their savior. This was their king. This was the one that was worthy of something that they possessed, something that they held on to, something that was so, so important, something that they had that no one could take from them. No one could pull it out of them. No one could could create enough situations and circumstances just to make it happen. No. They recognized that that king deserved something. Was it gold? Was it frankincense? Was it myrrh? No. What that king deserved was that which they could only give. That king deserved their hearts. No one could take it out of their chest. No one could take it out of their mind. No one could take it out of their schedule or out of their life. And I'm here to tell you the church, the church can't take your heart and give it to God. A great preacher or or a great message can't take your heart and give it over to God. No, the heart is something that you have. It is something that you possess, but it is something that you can give. And you're the only one that can give it away. You're the only one that has the power to surrender it over. The only one who has the power to give it all. You're the only one that understands that there is someone who is worthy of my heart. And that's what worship is all about. It's understanding that there is a king. There is a king who is, yes, he is he is the lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world, but also he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. He is the almighty God who was before anything was in existence. He is that God. And he deserves your hearts. He deserves your heart. Would you stand with me all over the building? Yes, the wise men they presented gold, frankincense and myrrh. They gave him gifts. They offered what they had. But worship doesn't begin with your time, your talent or your treasure. Worship didn't begin with the gold, with the frankincense and with the myrrh. Worship starts with the hearts. Worship begins deep down inside. Worship starts when you and I say, God, I give you my heart. I give you my life. What can I give? What can I give? Poor as I am. If I were a shepherd, I would give him a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my parts. yet what I can, I give him my heart. I give him my heart and I wonder on this Sunday morning, as we gather together, if someone would be willing to give their heart. You say, I've given my heart before I've been saved. God's changed my life. This is an ongoing thing. Every day I got to go before the throne of grace and say, God, I give you back my heart. God, I give you my life. I give you my heart, Jesus. And I wonder today, if in this altar space, in this place of dedication, this place uh, of surrender, that someone would be willing to once again go back to the altar and say, God, I give you my heart because it's the greatest gift. It's the greatest gift I could ever give the King of Kings. It's the gift of the heart. I invite you today to come and give God your heart. These altars are open today. I wish somebody today, yes, maybe you've got Jesus on the inside. Maybe you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Once again, on a Sunday, give give Him your heart. Give Him your time. Give Him your future. Give Him your plans. All to Him. All to Him I owe. What can I give Him? I give Him my heart. What can I give a king of kings? He's got it all. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's got it all, but... But there's one thing he desires. He desires the hearts of every man, of every woman, of every child. He's looking for our hearts today. Oh, Jesus, I give it to you. I give you my heart today, God. I give you my time. I give you my heart. I give you my affection back. I give you everything have your way